Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to The Tapping Go. My name is Matt. My name's Freddie. Each week we bring you your rugby fix with interviews with past and present rugby professionals and we get their views on the latest sporting issues. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Here we are with a high-profile guest. He's a captain of the Reds and he's at the Wallaby setup at the moment. Liam Wright, welcome. How are you doing? Yeah, going really good. Really well. Amazing, amazing. Well, before we um touch on your injury, which I know is a massive sort of setback and such a shame for all viewers, uh, I just want to sort of take it back to sort of 2017. So you just came out of the NRC and then got onto the Wallaby sort of development squad. What was that transition like? Because obviously from the, you skipped the Super Rugby stage. Yeah. Yeah, it was really weird. I was, um, we were about to head to Fiji to play the, you know, the, the drawer over there. Um, and I was in the kitchen and I got an email from, from Michael Checker saying that we wanted me to come down to the Barbarians camp the next week. Um, I was so taken aback because, like, as you said, I hadn't done any of the steps, really. I wasn't signed at all. Um, I'd done a few sessions with the Reds' main squad, just filling in for injuries and people away and that. But, um, yeah, in my head, that's not really how it all played out. So I was a bit surprised. But, um, yeah, it was really cool and um, got to learn a bit and um, probably see a bit the probably the most I took out of it was trying to see how professional setups work and how professional you've got to be to sort of get to that level, um, which I tried to take into my first preseason then in 2018. Um, so I felt probably a little bit out of place, to be honest. Like I probably wasn't physically ready at all. <laughs> I was still a skinny, skinny little runt. So um, yeah, but it was it was really cool experience, and um, yeah, then got to know a few of the boys. So I've got to know. Um, a lot better through the last few years in the setup. That's awesome. Must have been like a completely inspiring moment as well. Yeah, yeah, it was. And especially got got to play that game against the Barbars, which was really cool because um, um, it wasn't named. And then Rory Arnold um, ended up having to have knee surgery. So um, just doing the lineouts in sort of the captain's run, Check just came over, shook my hand and said, congrats, mate, you're in. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> sure. was awesome, so. Yeah. Well, we, we want to talk about this year mainly because you've done so much. So I guess last year sort of marked the beginning of like a new look Wallabies, new set of players and coaching set up and everything. How did that compare to the Wallabies of before and now? So what are the changes and yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I think it was just a, like a fresh start, like a fresh pair of eyes, um, you know, all new coaches, um, a lot of new, new guys that had come through. Um, I guess after the World Cup, you sort of get that where a lot of guys sort of move off for a bit. Um, so it just, it just seemed really fresh, like a lot of new ideas coming through, 
um, new different ways of looking at, um, I guess, what our culture piece would be and how we wanted to define the team. Um, and then, yeah, it was, it was really good to see a lot of the guys that we'd sort of played through the year um, be the ones that were they were coming in. There weren't too many that were <clears throat> getting pulled from like overseas or anything. Like I don't think we used the ghetto law at all. Um, so yeah, it was really good to see guys that are being rewarded that had had good super seasons in Australia. And um, yeah, I thought Renz and his coaching staff had some um, yeah just really unique ways of looking at it. They were very well prepared. Like any sort of questions you follow about them about their you know their counter attack structure or anything they. I seem to have the answers for it, um, which was which is really good um, in what you look for in a coach. So um, yeah, it was it was a cool time. Yeah. Did you have any sort of stories of Dave Rennie's sort of interesting coaching styles or anything new he brought in? Um, he he sort of did a lot of stuff at the start. We did a lot of singing. Um, we we learned hymns and songs in um, in Tongan, Fiji, and Samoan. Um, we tried some country ones from country Australian. Those didn't take off as much. <laughs> it was probably um, a bit easier doing all the, the Fijian hymns. That was our favourite one. Um, we did some like skipping session where he, him and um, Matty Taylor had this massive skipping rope and you had to get in groups of like 12 and go through like one person, then two, then three, then four and keep sort of cycling through like that. And um, it was pretty weird thing at the time, but like it was sort of to teach you how to communicate with each other and solve the problems on the run. And um, so, yeah, it was, it's pretty unique and he's got a few different things like that, which were, were pretty interesting. Yeah. And another thing that was notable from last year was the fixture list. I mean, you played the All Blacks four times and Argentina twice. What was it like having such a competitive fixture list? And apart from that bye week, you sort of had a competitive like week every week. Yeah, yeah, it was... Um, yeah, it was. It was intense, and especially those um, those first four weeks against the All Blacks and that. Um, there was just a lot. You had to learn really what quick on the go. Um, I think, yeah, the last two weeks in those Argentinian games, I would have liked it. it was, we sort of got used to having a game every weekend, and, um, you know, the guys playing lots of minutes were a bit battered and bruised, but um, as you'd expect from, you know, a lot of test footy in a, in a short amount of time. But, um, yeah, you know, we enjoyed the game weeks a lot more than the bye weeks because then we just got flogged with sort of preseason-style stuff. And um, I think it would have been really cool to verse South Africa as well in those two two bye weeks if they could have come along. Um, but, yeah, it was just intense. And I think it really made you you look at, like, the value of Test Rugby and that if you're just one or 2% off in a few key areas, which we were, um, suddenly we're looking at only one win as opposed to could have turned three draws into four wins. So. Um, it kind of gave you a pretty good glimpse of, of how good you need to be. You talk about being one or two percent things like the, sm- the small issues making the big difference. Obviously, the Pumas last year, they were such a not the surprise package, but they came out a lot heavier hitter as a lot more heavy hitters than they were certain, uh, predicted to be. Was this something that you guys saw or knew about? Was it a bit of a surprise to you as well? Um, no, we expected them to be good. We um, We probably probably naively thought that they were going to maybe get tired or fade away a bit. Like just from, um, I know we felt tired at points, um, just being in sort of isolation for a while. And they were in isolation for a lot longer than us and being on camp for a long time. But we expected them to come out firing and, and we knew we'd do, they'd do that. They're a, um, a really proud nation. They had a um, you know strong coach. Um, Mario's done some work with us in the past and 
Um, he's a really good man and a good coach. Um, and they sort of just stuck to what they knew. And I think that's where they did really well. Like they didn't try to play too crazy in parts. I know against us, they slowed it down a lot, put down box kicks and then just tried to smash us in the tackle, turn it over, kick it back and then took the three points when it was on offer and um, scoreboard pressure hurts you. So um, you, talk about, that way. you talk about isolation. Um, how much do you think that affects the standard of the rugby? Um, I don't think it did in the end. Like we, I know in New Zealand it was a bit cooler as well. So, you know, you didn't feel the effects of the Aussie heat and that, um, you know, those last few games you get the, you're playing in December in Australia and it's hot and it's sweaty. And um, I think that definitely makes a bit of a difference in that um, there's probably a few more errors, a few more knock-ons in that. Um, but I think we had a, we had enough time outside of isolation. And, and again, the boys worked hard in that COVID break between the seasons um, to keep themselves fit and maintained. And, and Renz and the coaches checked in with us a lot through Zoom and stuff like that to make sure that we were going to be prepared for that season come the end of it. Yeah, awesome. Well, I want to transition to the Reds now. And I guess so when you first joined at the Reds, they were then... I guess they're not in a good place, you could say. They just uh they're starting their rebuild phrase with Brad Thorne coming in as the head coach. What was it like when you first joined and how do you compare the Reds of then to the Reds of today, who are obviously just shy of winning the Super Rugby AU competition last year? Yeah, I think a lot of it was just about sort of starting fresh. Um and I think the it sort of couldn't be rushed, and and that's probably where we've come undone and with at the Reds in the last um, little while is that we sort of um, look to, to build success but not sustain success and that's a big thing that we talked about at the organisation is that we don't want to have you know one year where we make the playoffs and then one year where we don't like we want to turn it sort of into the Crusaders sort of thing where they're making there's no doubt they're going to make the playoffs they're a, <clears throat> they're a successful team and so they'll do that in a, in a good organisation and we that's what we wanted to do whereas um, I mean, you look at 2011, they had that awesome success, but then it was followed by a, a lull period of, you know, five, six years where um, we weren't at our best. And um, so I think it, it, we knew it would take a while and all those years had something to play in it. Like 2018, when, when I started, um, we had a lot of sort of the old heads to sort of guide us young guys. And so while we didn't get the results, I think we got six wins Um we it was really important in like we had guys John Lance, Kane Douglas, um, you know, um, Benny Lucas, guys like that, Aiden Toa, who um, who played a really important role in sort of passing on knowledge and and um, and plus it, it probably takes took a bit of you know taking some things out of close losses where um, in the future we'll hopefully turn those losses into wins and um, so it was, it was a really important year of for us to to get some experience, the young guys that would come through in the next few years, to get some experience there, um, learn off those guys, just leech off them. And um, as well, they held up, they still held a really high standard. And I think you talked to Thorny, like guys like Jono and Dougie, they played a really important role in what we were trying to build and um, keeping us accountable and, um, and you know, teaching us as well. Hmm. And then I guess a couple of years later, you became the Reds captain at such a young age, which is awesome. Uh, what sort of changes have you had to make personally, sort of on and off the pitch? If I mean, if you had to make any changes, um, again, I haven't had to make too many because it's it's kind hmm. of come through that whole squad. A lot of us have come through together, and so I mean, I've been coached on a Thorny since 2016 with the 20s and NRC, and 
and everything and and a lot of the guys have so we know what he what he values and that a lot of that's hard work um you know toughness and um being men of character so um a lot of us haven't had to change too much it's it's probably more about um bringing up our details and our standard of accountability um you know i think probably games we've lost is is because we've let little things slip i mean if you look to that game we had in in canberra last year in 2020 um, round five against the brumbies where we lost to a penalty goal on full time i mean we won a penalty with 40 seconds to go kicked a line out lost the line out then they kick it back to us and then we lose the ball again like it's little things like that and 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 details and um being smarter and closing out games through being accountable to each other and doing doing our job. Um, that's really where I've mainly had to try and focus. Um, but again, the guys have been great. And I've, I've, I've been lucky. I've had guys like Henry Spate, um, James O'Connor. Um, you know, I'm not kidding myself that I'm going to try and, you know, know everything or do everything. So I'm not afraid to lean on them and, you know, let them run some things. And um, they've been really, really helpful. What's a sort of particular message, like one message that you try to give off to the other players in the squad as the captain? Uh, I think my my sort of message with that is that like, yeah, that I'm going to lead from the front. I'm I'm not like I don't have to tell you all this talk about. Or I'm not sorry. I'm not going to say, hey mate, go and let's go and do extras, but I'm not going to do them. Like, if I'm saying something, I'm going to be doing it too. I've got to live by sort of live my words through my actions mm. um, and that's sort of something I try to do lead by example in a way and um, I think the more you do that and earn their respect through doing the tough stuff and you know being one of the last ones out there being the first ones in trying to look at film help people out wherever you can be diligent with your physios be on time for things um, then the less I have to say then hopefully it becomes just the way of things which you're doing and and that's a lot of it has been like I haven't had to you know, change a lot because that's how a lot of our guys are and have come through that pathway. And, and that's sort of how you get to this level, I guess, by being professional like that. Hmm. Um, and yeah, and a lot of it's just that, trying to trying to be genuine and, and do what I say. Yeah. And I guess last year, one of the effects of the virus is the, um, I guess, unfortunate departure of the trio of Isaac Lucas, Isaac, sorry, Isaac Rodder, Harry Hawkins, and Isaac Lucas. Sorry about that. Um, how did the trio sort of, uh, sorry, I can't get my words out. How did the um, trio's departure affect the squad? And so how did you try and minimize this change or effect? Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was a difficult time, but um, I think we were all really good mates with those guys. So, um, you know, it was it was unfortunate, and it and it probably left us lacking in a few areas. But um, you know, we didn't you know villainize them or anything, and um, you know, we still talk to them you know a fair bit and um, check in how they're going and that. So you know, we didn't hate them or or feel like a whole lot of angst towards them or anything. Um, it probably you know left like I said left us lacking, especially in the probably the locks department and, and the line out department sort of stuff like that. But we chose to try and look at it as, as more of a positive, like we got to bring in another four or five guys from the, from the premier rugby pathway and, and through our Academy and stuff like that. I mean, look, Ryan Smith is hoping to debut this weekend. He came in sort of to fill that gap at lock. And um, yeah, we just looked at it as, as an opportunity to, to sort of grow together as a group. We felt that, 
after that, everyone that was in Queensland really, really wanted to be there for the right reasons and to win and to work hard and things like that. So he used it to galvanise us a bit and bring us closer together. Um, and I think we did get a lot, lot tighter after that. And especially with our, our staff and um, not just our coaches, but like our manager, our um, guys who do our GPS, um, our analysts. Um, I think we all became really close after that because we knew everyone was in on the struggle, you know, pay cuts and long hours and um, bubble and things like that. So I think that really brought us together. And then we chose to look at it as a positive and that we'd get to bring new guys into our system, um, bring them up to up to scratch on our, our culture and things like that and um, sort of look at a glass half full instead of half empty. Just talking about that, obviously I'm just looking at your lineup for this weekend's game. You've got one youngster making his debut. Is it three more on the bench? How exciting is it that you've got so many young players all coming through at the same time? Just like a new era for the Reds. Yeah, it is. And, and that's sort of what we've been able to do this year and based off last year's, um, you know, a, a decent season last year and that we got um, 11 or 12 Wallabies guys, if you include Sully. And, um, and that meant that those guys missed a lot of the December portion, but then those young guys were coming through and got a whole dedicated preseason just to themselves. So, um, you know, guys like Mac Reilly, he'll come through soon. Big uh, Illo on the bench. Um, one of our Fijian flyers from Ballymore, um, you know, it's come through the West program, come from Fiji not long ago. Um, you know, we've got Richie, who's, who's been at East for a long time, tried his trade in um, the Major League Rugby as well, and then COVID brought him home. He had a great season and um, has been able to come through our pathway again as well. So, um, <clears throat> again, it's just sort of Queensland's got a really good rugby pathway and a good nursery there, and we probably don't do enough to, to sort of keep them. And I think that's what Thorny's big legacy will be as well and that he's really trusted his young players and brought them through. And now that young-ish players like myself aren't the young players anymore, um, those other guys coming through and we're just trying to make a sort of culture where whereby as soon as someone comes in or would be it for one session or a season or, or, or starting games like this, um, that they know what we're about, that they know our culture and that it's up to us to bring them up to scratch on our systems like that so so that they'll do really well and push for push for debuts because the better that they train and push ourselves and our standard goes up, our intensity goes up and um, we'll, we should get better results. Mm. And I guess you, you mentioned Suliasi and I don't want to talk about um, anything that happened recently, but how has this sort of transition come from moving to league to union? Like obviously with a sort of complete talent and raw ability, is there any moments in training where you've just been like, Wow. Yeah, plenty. He's, um, yeah, Sully's a really good fellow. He's a, he's a really good man. Um, he, he played a lot of union before he sort of went to league. I think him and Nella played together in, in Auckland under-18s or something yeah. like that. So he has played a lot of union before, and that's sort of what you forget. Like, he's not a, a fresh leaguey coming across converting. He's almost a union player that went to league that's now coming back. So he's, he's still finding his feet and getting used to probably more so the back three sort of player things. But um, we've, I've noticed we're doing a lot more sort of cross kicks and there's this um, giant Fiji and somehow plucking them out of the air the whole time. So um, he's pretty amazing in that regard. His, his air skills are and second to none. Awesome. All righty, guys, it's that time again. Time to pay for the pints. Today's podcast has been brought to you by our mates over at Team Blazers. Big shout out to them. The great British Blaze company kidding you out for every match day social. Check them out now.
I want to talk some more of on a personal note, and I mentioned at the start that you unfortunately got injury, um, which is a real shame, especially at the start of the season. How are you sort of coping with injury setbacks as an individual? Yeah, I'm going okay. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty okay with with injuries and that. Like you, you come to to accept that they happen and that. Um, and I and I do believe that almost all the time you come back from an injury better. Like whether you get to work on. Um, you know, putting on size, which is something I've always had to sort of do a bit, um, you know, working on power, things like that. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty comfortable that I know I'm going to come back better in some regard. Um, the disappointing one is the timing of it. I've been lucky in the past. Like, um, I've only had one other <clears throat> real major injury. And that was um, tore my hammy off the bone in uh, end of 2018. But that was sort of during the NRC period and then my recovery was I would be back for round one. The difference this time is that I'm missing round one and probably up to about round eight or nine as well, um, <clears throat> which is the, 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 the tough thing to sort of get your head around. But um, again, we're sort of looking at it glass half full. And um, I think in the long run for the team, for me to be able to step back, hopefully get some new voices out there, um, other guys get a chance to sort of step forward and, and, and lead more in certain regards, which a lot of guys started to do in the preseason when we weren't there, um, is, is going to be a positive for us in the long run. And, um, yeah, just got to find different ways to contribute um, with the leadership off the field. And um, so, again, that'll be an interesting challenge for me. Obviously, in your absence, James O'Connor stepping up to the plate as being captain, even though you're obviously not on that He's so experienced. Is he needs? Are you still helping him, or is he just you're leaving him to his own devices? He knows what he needs to do as captain. Yeah, on the field, I leave him completely to his own devices, sort of thing. Um, he'll be fine there. He's got a wealth of experience, and um, and yeah, he, he's a smart player as well. I mean, he's our, our natural leader anyway, and, and he's our ten. He's our quarterback, so um, you know, he guides us around a lot in terms of where we're going to play and things like that. I just um, talk to the ref every now and then and, and make some some small decisions so mm. um he'll be fine he'll be really good the main thing for me is try to take as much as off his plate on off field stuff so he can just focus on on things like that you know he's quite um he's quite a spiritual bloke and things like that so the more i can take off his plate let him focus on being himself and, and um just doing what he does on the field and that'll be best for us mm. and if i'm um if i'm correct you've got your first game of the season later today for you isn't it against the Tyler, yeah, is it? yeah, yeah, that's Just awesome. Hours, so I'm excited for that. <laughs> what what should we expect from the Reds this year, and so perhaps that game? Um, yeah, I think we should expect some really good stuff. It's going to be exciting. Um, you know, you look at our squad. We've got um, some really exciting backline players. I mean, you have got Hunter, um, Jordy, Filippo, who just um, can do some crazy, crazy stuff. Um, you got Jock, who's just silky at, at the fullback, and um, probably brings a bit of calmness and um, simplicity as well to the back line where he can just run good lines or put good kicks back. Um, and you've got Rabs leading us around and then you've got Tate as well at nine who um, is trying to guide our forwards around. Um, so our back line's silky. It's it's smooth. I think if we can get our set piece right in the forwards, give them as much quality ball, um, then that'll be really good for us. Um, there's a chance it'll rain tonight um, in Brizzy. Uh, it's, it's sort of your typical brizzy monsoon sort of weather at the moment. It's hot, sticky and wet. Um, and so in which case, it'll bring our forwards much more into the play. And you look there, we've got um, Fraser and Wilson in the back row. We've got Scott Young, 
um, who's a good mate of mine. Um, and he'll be really good at number six. He's, he's super physical. He's got some of the heavier shoulders in the pack. So he'll be looking to whack blokes. And he's just come back from an injury too. So I'm sure he's got a bit of pent-up anger there that he wants to let out. Um, and again, it's just our whole pack. I think Murphy's playing his 50th tonight, uh, cap for Queensland. And so he'll guide him around well too. And um, I think we just got a really solid team. And I think our depth this year is going to be um, a major benefit for us. I think the guys that have had that extra preseason, that extra year of experience, um, will be exciting to see. And, and sort of like those debuts that we were talking about before, will come on and hopefully make a big impact. And again, speaking of impact, you've got Big Neller on the bench. He'll come on and after sitting there for 40 minutes, I'm sure he'll be ready to, to wax some blokes as well. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I mean, so you just mentioned it. So you had the dilemma between Hunter Pice Army and Jordan Pattaya. And Hunter obviously just came out last year pretty much out of nowhere. What was that like for him? Yeah, he had a breakout year. And I think um, a lot of people knew he could do it. He was <clears throat> had a few issues in Melbourne, which he then, you know, to his credit, brushed off and, and came and, and plied his trade in Queensland for a year just playing solely club rugby and then um, yeah, when he came in, he, he took his opportunity. You can't look at anyone um, and say, you know, they've taken their opportunity more than him. You know, an injury to Geordie ends up starting, ends up killing it, um, and then ends up starting for the Wallabies as well. Like, he was fantastic. He's just a little um, ball of energy. And so, and he just runs into hard places. He puts his body on the line, and um, he's, yeah, he's amazing how he does that. And, um, I mean, then you look at our backline scenario as well, that that Hunter played 12 for the Wallabies and he's playing 13 for us because Hamish Stewart's had such a good season last year and, and an awesome preseason again that he's, he's just forced our hand and we've had to pick him. And, um, you know, he's awesome as well. He brings um, some, some skillful touches. He's in, he used to play number seven at school, so he backs himself around the breakdown and he's a tough fellow as well. So, um, yeah, some pretty cool things happening there. That's awesome. Well, we've got one. So we asked one question to everyone, and that's um, your favorite moment in your career. So what what would yours be? Yeah, mine's pretty easy. So I'm, I'm originally from South Africa, from Durban. Um, my parents and my sister and I um, moved here when I was seven, but all our other families um, still back over there, and a lot of them are in Durban and some of them are in Cape Town. Um, so my favorite memory of my career was in 2019 we went over to Durban played the Sharks um, and I don't think we'd won there since 2004 um, and we ended up winning that day it was 21-14 um, I had a, a pretty good game and and got um, man of the match but to finish the match like the Sharks were attacking our line and they needed a try to to tie it up and um, I ended up getting the pilfer which sort of finished the game and sealed it and it was just awesome, like sort of coming up with the ball, looking over to my family. They were all wearing shirts that said wrong is number seven, um, which was a bit cringe, but it good from them. And um, yeah, it was just an, just such an awesome day. Like first time I've ever played in front of family like that um, over there. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was awesome. Easily my favorite moment. Yeah, fair enough. That sounds unbelievable. I mean, family's the root of everything in all sports. So that's, obviously meant a lot to you um liam well thank you so much for giving up your time to come speak to us especially on a game day that's a massive privilege for us and hope we wish the reds best of luck tonight and also for the rest of the season um, yeah but thanks for giving up your time matt and i've loved that it's been really good
Mm. No worries. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. You're doing a really good show. <laughs> cheers. Thank you. Thank you very much. And cheers, everyone else, for tuning in again this week. Hopefully, another week of lockdown ticks in England. I'm obviously a bit jealous of Australia. Looks like it's getting a bit better over there. But hopefully, it's always up soon. Stay safe and keep away from each other. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Podcast Network.